Hey everyone, me Kevin here. Let's talk about what the heck is going on in the Ukraine and towards the end of the video, I will give you an idea in terms of what I'm thinking about portfolio allocations or what I might be doing if my, if I was in different shoes regarding this Ukrainian situation. So we'll talk about that towards the end, but first let me give you a quick summary. The Associated Press just reported that the United States is sending 3,000 troops to Poland amid warnings that Russia is potentially imminently ready to invade the Ukraine. Now, in addition to just removing folks from the American embassy in Kiev, Americans have now received notice that if they are an American in the Ukraine, they should leave immediately. In any case, they should leave within the next 24 to 48 hours. They say that they cannot guarantee that there will be another opportunity to leave, that there could be aerial bombings and missile attacks, followed by a ground invasion that could essentially make it impossible to leave through uh, ground, air, rail, or whatever, and that there will not be a U.S. evacuation. So the president will not send the military to uh, rescue anyone out of Ukraine if you had the opportunity to leave now, which now they're saying, here's your opportunity to leave. So obviously there are questions about, is this entire press conference from the National Security Advisor and Jen Psaki, is this really just saber rattling to get uh, Russia not to invade uh, by essentially saying, hey, we think they are going to invade. We think they're going to invade under a false pretense uh, and we're going to beat the crap out of them. But at the same time, they're using a lot of and creating potentially a lot of fear to get folks to leave Ukraine to maybe send the signal to Russia that, hey, we think you're going to do it. We're serious about telling people to leave and we are serious about what we're going to do to you. And we'll talk about exactly what the U.S. response might be in just a moment. Uh, but some more things that were mentioned were one of the reasons the White House thinks that there's maybe an elevated risk of an immediate or near-term invasion is because of forces in the north area, northern border or along the northern border in Belarus of the Ukraine and on the eastern front moving into a position where they would be able to, quote, mount a major military action within days. They also dispelled the rumor that maybe uh, an attack wouldn't happen during the Olympics, but they dispelled that and said, no, like the Olympics are not going to stop the potential for a war here. They say there are clear indicators that this could happen on swift action and there are actual now, quote, credible prospects that it'll happen before the end of the Olympics. They believe that one uh, potential start to the invasion could be a rapid assault on Kiev. Uh, but they could also attack elsewhere. They do believe that uh, Russia will use some form of a, a false flag trigger attack. There have already been some attacks uh, along some of our borders and near airports and uh, in a region known as Pisky. There have been these small uh, arm fires and uh, there was even talk about potentially a grenade being dropped from a, a smaller drone. Uh, and so there have been minor attacks on, on multiple days here uh, in February, almost more days than, than not. Uh, and so it's possible that one of these uh, could, could boil over uh, or not just boil over, but be used as maybe uh, rationalization for just sending everything in by, by Russia. So we're already starting to see a little bit of this sort of prodding at the borders. This is definitely not a peaceful uh, border, especially here near Pisky. And uh, essentially, the forces are in place and the, ind the ind intelligence indicates that uh, this attack is entirely likely. Now, 
Uh, Secretary of State argues that this conflict could begin at any time. Now, how is this different? Uh, we still don't have any indication that Russia has verified that they will definitely invade. There's no confirmation of any communication that Russia is definitely going to invade. Uh, and uh, that's why some folks are looking at this going, wait, seriously, the stock market is falling on this? Like, what's really changed? We've really known that Russia could invade at any point. Like, what's really changed? All of a sudden, to have the U.S. freak out and say, okay, all Americans leave. Personally, uh, and, and this is what I think, uh, I, I think there, there are two scenarios here. One, they know a lot more than they're telling us, which is possible. The CIA could be like, yeah, no, we have communications and they're going to invade in, on Monday or on Valentine's Day. I don't know. Whatever. They could have that. Or the other thing is they ain't got nothing uh, more than what they're telling us. And uh, they're really using this as an opportunity to talk up what they're going to do if Russia invades. And so let's talk about that this morning. First thing is, Biden has, has already mentioned that they would kill uh, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which the pipeline has already been laid, but it's not operational yet, still waiting to get approval from uh, especially Germany and, and the rest of the EU. Uh, and this is a pipeline that, uh, that would double the capacity of another natural gas pipeline, the Nord Stream 1. Uh, Europe does import almost all of its natural gas, and 40% of it comes from Russia. So this is actually a, a relatively important and strategic pipeline that would lead to profits for Russia and, and obviously potentially uh, lower gas prices for Europeans. But uh, NATO, the European Union, and Joe Biden indicating that they might kill this entire pipeline and, and essentially cut relations with China in the event that there is this invasion in Ukraine. Uh, in addition to that, they are expecting to impose severe economic sanctions in coordination with Canada, the United Kingdom, the EU, and of course the United States, as well as potentially uh, create some structural changes for NATO that would hopefully minimize uh, Russia's aggression. That's the hope. But let's be real, in the past, we never really see sanctions do too much. In fact, in uh, during uh, Russia's invasion of Georgia, we had a 12-day invasion. That's all it took to invade uh, Georgia. Georgia lost control of certain areas. You might remember South Ossetia and uh, Russia set up military bases. Then, of course, we had the annexation of Crimea. Uh, Georgia was in August of 2008, by the way. Then we had the annexation of Crimea, which was also done via invasion in 2014. Uh, this military action took one month and six days. Ukraine, by the way, was also in Crimea, defending Crimea. Uh, but uh, basically, r the Russian military kicked the crap out of the Ukrainians who were in Crimea and sent them back to the Ukraine. Russia, of course, got sanctioned and kicked down to the G8 for a period of time. But uh, honestly, this, this this stuff doesn't stop Russia. So now, uh, bottom lines, like what, what does all this potentially mean? Well, any kind of action that is taken is is likely to create, uh, first of all, a substantial set of fear in the short term, and it's probably not going to last entirely long. Now, we don't want to see an invasion, uh, and, and so I, I want to be very sensitive to the fact that, look, like, nobody wants war. People don't want to die. Families don't want to get missiles shot at their homes. You know, this is ridiculous. It's a fearful time. I'd be fearful if I were in the Ukraine, and, and, and I would express complete sympathy for, for anybody who, who's in the Ukraine right now. Uh, but the problem is, 
that uh, we we expect this to be relatively short-lived, that it probably won't rattle financial markets as terribly much for as long as we actually expect it might. So I, th I personally believe that likely in, in the short term, we're going to have a market that's like, oh my gosh, we got the Federal Reserve that hates us. We got war in the Ukraine potentially. We got oil prices. If we get an invasion, oil prices will probably go from the 94 where they are now, they're already up substantially, probably to 110, $120, which anytime it's gone over $100, we've always had a recession. Once oil hits $100, it's like we always go into a recession. Uh, consumer sentiment data came in low today and we kind of expect that when consumer sentiment data starts falling, we're, we're kind of like on our way to a recession, which is the same thing that the yield curve says. So no, no real surprise here. But I believe that this any kind of conflict in the Ukraine would probably last less than three months, and it wouldn't really uh, be a long-term issue of, of fear for markets. However, what it will likely do is increase energy prices in the short term, which is just going to add to the longer-term macro problems that we're facing, aka more inflation. And that's the last thing we want because the big thing here is inflation. And so this, in my opinion, is what you do in terms of your portfolio. You look at your portfolio and you say, okay, where am I? Am I in the camp that says we're very likely heading into a recession, I'm raising cash, I'm starting to sell out of some of my high flyers, and I don't wanna be too long this market right now, I'm gonna be patient in 2022, and we're gonna let things play out as they may. Uh, if you're in this camp, then uh, this this really, if anything, just adds a little bit of fuel to the inflationary fire, suggesting that inflation and supply chains and issues are just going to continue to have issues longer term. If you're in the other camp, which trust me, like my goal is to provide perspectives, right? I cannot give you financial advice because I don't know what your situation is like. But we talk about this in the course member live streams as well, which remember, we have a V-Day coupon code linked down below that you could use to join the courses and get access to our our market open live streams where I answer your questions directly. And of course we uh, talk about news and happenings as the bell out happens. But uh, what's most important here is if you're in the other camp, that's like, ah, you know what? I, I don't really think this uh, this is such a big, uh, you know, this inflation issue is a big deal. I think inflation's going to go down. It'll eventually end up being transitory. And the Fed's going to be able to navigate us to a soft landing. They're not gonna wanna crash the economy in an election year, blah, 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 blah. If you're on that side, that's fine. Then then quite frankly, in my opinion, any, any sort of action, not that we're wishing for it because this means people would die, any sort of action in the Ukraine that creates attention in the market or the market to fall is really a buying opportunity. So really, in my opinion, you have, you again, you have these two choices. If you're playing the macro cycle and you wanna potentially go from the top of the cycle because you think we're at the top of the cycle to the bottom of the cycle, maybe stay strong. You know, who knows? You, you could have, you could have half of your portfolio that's long and half of it's that cash. You know, right now I'm about, Five, no, I'm sorry, I'm two and a half percent long on the market with shares. I'm uh, five percent in gold, and the rest is cash, right? So, uh, so I'm obviously I'm on that camp, but that doesn't mean that any of us is 100% right or wrong, right? The truth tends to be sort of a blend of these two. But uh, if you are a dippity dip buyer, then Ukraine is probably a buy the dip opportunity for you. The more tensions arise because you don't believe that longer transition is an issue. So that's okay. It really doesn't matter what camp you're in. And what matters is you looking at your portfolio and deciding, okay, uh, how do I want to play this? Uh, do I want to buy where there's fear? And quite frankly, there is fear right now. Uh, what's also interesting is this fear led to a rally 
in treasury bonds because anytime you get this sort of fear of war, people quickly run over to treasuries uh, as, a, as, a, as a way to park cash, right? They get out of risk assets and they move over to cash. I mean, just look at what, what happened just here towards the end of the day. Uh, in the market, we had big old moves in risk assets. Uh, I mean, let's uh, let's just sort here by some of the losers. So on the day here, we had a firm down 20%, Cloudflare down 9.5%, AMD down over 10%. Rivian down nine. Tesla was down somewhere around five percent. Microvision down. Trade Desk down seven percent. Sunrun, HUD eight. Uh, you name it. Nordstrom here. I mean, these are large drops. Five point eight percent on Enphase. Quite large drops. And the things that did well were Zillow, which popped on a lot of momentum and earnings. You had uh, some, uh, of course, like BP and Chevron and that. They did decently. Gold moved up a little bit. And again, we saw that little peak there uh, in in Treasuries, leading yields to fall, uh, which makes sense. You know, people moving on on fear essentially. Now, when it comes to crypto, which remember, in, in, when it comes to crypto TA, one of my favorite ways to conduct a crypto TA is jumping on over to FTX US. Check them out via the description down below. But I, I just want to show you wh where we sit right now. So uh, we got rejected around that. Uh, 45.7 level on BTC. And this is, of course, a leader here for a lot of price action uh, for other cryptos as well and the alts. We got rejected at about that 45.7 level. Uh, and I'm concerned that when we lose this diagonal support, this is not the best sort of horizontal support here, but if we extend this, we're, we're touching that right now. If we start breaking down this diagonal support, which right now probably would be around 42,000, we start breaking that 42 number, we might potentially drop back to that 37 level that we've been bobbing around for quite a while. Uh, of course, we also have uh, a shelf a little bit lower over here, uh, and this is in that 34.6 level where we previously spent quite a bit of time bobbing between. So uh, if, obviously, an invasion in the Ukraine is likely to send risk assets down, tech stocks, QQQ, uh, cryptos, very, very likely to come down, and you're likely to see a flight to bonds temporarily, uh, which is crazy because again, yields going down, which then it skews what the Federal Reserve might have to think about doing, right? Because the Federal Reserve is thinking, okay, let's communicate to markets to get yields to go up. So we start pricing in the fact that we're going to raise rates. But if at the same time, people are fleeing to bonds for safety, it skews a little bit of how much the Fed actually thinks the market is pricing in rates going up. And if the market doesn't price in the right amount of rates, then the Fed becomes even more of a catalyst because now the Fed has to be more aggressive to make it clear, no, 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 we're going up. Remember, the next meeting is going to be a big one, March 16th, uh, because we're also going to get another summary of economic projections. And we'll be able to see how high they actually think inflation is going to be at the end of this year and how high rates are going to be at the end of this year. Uh, last, uh, last time we had a son, SEP, was in December. And uh, they indicated that they thought rates would go up to 0.9% by the end of the year. Let's be real, they're going to be way higher than 0.9% by the end of the year. They're probably going to be closer to 1.5 or even 2%. So we'll see, TBD. But these are my thoughts on the Ukrainian situation. Check out the programs linked down below, FTX. Thank you so much for watching this video. And folks, we'll see you in the next one.